This is the Flying Field Podcast. The Flying Field Podcast is a service of rcplaneviews.com and the Flying Field blog. This is episode 106. I thought IR was infrared. This episode was produced the week of December 4th. Hello, modelers, and welcome to this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. I'm Jim Mohan. The title of this episode is I Thought IR Was Infrared. Since our last episode, I've been learning that IR may be infrared, but for those of us flying battery powered models, it also stands for internal resistance. I'll be sharing a little bit about what I've learned about internal resistance after a little incident with my Dynam turbojet, which is a twin EDF model of a Cessna Citation. But before we go there, let's take a quick look at some of the RC news from the last couple of weeks. The fact that you are listening to this means that you have an online presence and some experience. With that in mind, you've probably been inundated with email and ads and Facebook promotions from those hobby sites you've registered with or have done business with. I took advantage of a promotion over the Veterans Day holiday to order a Dynam SR trainer. I got it a couple of days later and decided to do a video build log of the assembly process. I have the video done, and the plane is too. I've had it to the field a couple of times and am enjoying flying it. I added a flying video to my YouTube channel that you can find by searching for AZGYM12. That's AZJIM12. You can also search for the SR Trainer. I plan to have a link added to my site at rcplaneviews.com within a couple of days too. Having just gotten that model and having several others in boxes in the workshop, I was able to resist making more purchases. I was interested in some of the marketing schemes out there this year, however. Horizon Hobby has a website scavenger hunt again this year. You tour their site looking for items to qualify you for a prize. Of course, in the meantime, you see all kinds of tempting ideas to add to your RC collection. Nitroplanes had an ongoing flow of discounted codes available on their fanbook page. It seems like every few minutes I'd get an email with a new set of 10 or 20 codes for various products or free shipping. I particularly like the idea of crowdsourcing the items on sale. Facebook fans could suggest models they wanted to buy and the Nitroplanes folks would, in many cases, publish a special limited set of discount codes for that product. I like to follow the whole idea of social media, and that was a particularly interesting way to generate following throughout the day. Well, enough chit-chat. Let's move on to the main course. As I mentioned, I had a little incident with my Dynam turbojet recently. The turbojet is a 64 millimeter twin EDF model 
of a Cessna Citation. It uses a 2200 milliamp hour LiPo battery, which I had freshly charged and installed in the plane. I taxied out on the runway as normal and pointed it into the wind. As it started down the runway, it didn't seem to have quite the oomph that I thought it should, and as it came toward the end of the runway, I gently applied some back pressure and the airplane rose gently into the air. Oh, about 18 inches, and then tipped off on the wing as it stalled and tumbled to the ground. As I went down to pick up the airplane off the runway, the damage wasn't too bad. A little scuff to the nose, plus I ripped out the landing gear out of the foam on the wing and the nose. Nothing that couldn't be fixed fairly easily. The big question was, what happened? I was sure that I had checked the charge on the battery. When I returned to the pits, I looked again. The battery showed 4.15 on each of the cells of the 3-cell 200 milliamp hour battery. When I got home, I put the battery on a battery discharger and brought the cells down to about 50% of their capacity, and then I put on the charger and charged it again to see what I'd get. This time, I looked at the setting on the charger that referred to the battery's internal resistance, or IR. Boy, was I surprised. The little battery had an internal resistance of over 60 milliohms. That sent me to the internet and a variety of articles and forum posts about internal resistance. Simply put, the internal resistance causes the difference between the battery's no load voltage and the battery's voltage with a load. As you know, the voltage is the push that provides the energy to your motor. For example, you may have a motor with an 1100 kV, which means it spins at 1100 RPM for each volt applied. If high internal resistance is eating up voltage before it leaves the battery, you're getting less RPM from your motor. I'm pretty sure that's what happened on my stalled out takeoff. The battery measured fine with no load, but with the load of the twin EDFs, it just couldn't do the job. For most of us, the easiest way to measure our battery's internal resistance is to connect them to a charger with an internal resistance display. My Hyperion charger displays total internal resistance among the several other data elements when you cycle through the display menu after charging. A friend's CellPro charger not only provides total internal resistance, but also displays it for each cell in the pack. This is particularly handy to help understand whether the battery is just failing generally or if a single cell is the culprit. The other thing I've learned is that smaller packs have higher internal resistance from the start. I mentioned that my failing battery had an internal resistance of over 60 milliohms. That means that if all the cells are about equal, they should each have an internal resistance of about 22 to 23 milliohms. The new 2200 cells I ordered had a total internal resistance of about 12 as measured on the cell pro charger with about 4 milliohms per cell. My Hyperion charger measured a total of about 16, so the two devices were a little off from each other. The turbojet with the new battery had absolutely no trouble taking off and at full power really moved once airborne.
battery size makes a difference. A Flying Buddy uses 5,000 milliamp batteries for one of his models. When new, those batteries have a measured internal resistance of only about 1 to 2 milliohms per cell. Bigger capacity equals lower internal resistance. Of course, the other component to this is battery quality. My little cheapy battery with about a dozen cycles was failing. His name brand pack that he charges at 3 to 4 C and is noticeably puffed still only has an internal resistance of 3 or 4 milliohms per cell. At least in his case, you get what you pay for. I have for years monitored my batteries and recorded their milliamp hour inputs when charging to see when capacity started to fall versus the flight time. That was an indirect measure of internal resistance in that what you are losing in flight time is being consumed by the IR. Now I've started making sure that I scroll through the data elements on the charger to keep track of each battery's IR more directly. There are some good references out on the net, such as Wikipedia and folks more knowledgeable than I, who have interesting posts on RC Groups and RC Universe. If you are an electric model flyer, it is probably worth taking a little extra time to learn more about IR and the IR of your packs. Now, on to some events. As mentioned last episode, here in the Southwest, there are two events that take center stage this time of year. First is the AMA Expo in Ontario, California at the Convention Center. It is held January 6th through the 8th. It has been a couple of years since I've made the trek to Los Angeles from Phoenix, so I'm planning to attend. Next is the Arizona Electric Festival held in the Phoenix area. It is scheduled for January 26th through the 29th. I've attended this event for the past five years and have thoroughly enjoyed it. It pulls pilots from around the country looking for a break from the cold, as well as a bunch of folks from the desert southwest. Not only has the flying been great, the range and variety of models is simply amazing. There is also a strong vendor presence, so you are likely to find a good deal or two. That brings us to the end of this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. As the holiday season is upon us, I hope you have a happy and safe holiday. Links to some of the things mentioned today can be found in the show notes. This was episode 106. I'm Jim Mohan. Happy modeling and fly safe.